0: Howdy y'all. This episode is brought to you by Cosmetic, Cosmetic CBD infused skincare products help ease aches, pain, inflammation and arthritis with their proprietary topical CBD solutions. My favorite is Cosmetics Hemp Pain Cream. It's like Icy Hot, except it's infused with CBD, which naturally fights inflammation in achy muscles and joints. Each bottle of Cosmetics Hemp Pain Cream is infused with 400 milligrams of their proprietary CBD solution. You can get 20% off of your entire cosmetic order by using promo code SOS20 at checkout at Cosmetics Online Store. That's SOS20 for the promo code. Be kind to your skin and go to causemedicated.com. That's C-A-U-S-E medicated.com. Do it. Let's do the podcast. Welcome into South of Scruffy podcast. My name is Ben Fields. Thanks for being here. I hope you're all doing well out there. Surviving, thriving through... uh. What we hope is the downhill portion of this pandemic. It's been long, but I feel like uh, there's some light out there somewhere. And I appreciate you guys hanging with us through all that. Hope we can bring a little little light, a little love, a little, little entertainment to your, uh, to your time while you're moving through all of it. I've got uh, Christina Honkanen on the show today. Uh, Christina is the co-founder of Pitchwire with her husband, Matt Honkanen who uh, was the first guest ever on this show back in uh, 2019. A lifetime ago. A very different time, it seems like. The, uh, the Honkinen family is very special to me. Uh, their company, Pitchwire, did the music for this podcast. And uh, Christina has been a great help uh, to me and to the podcast when I've had any questions about PR and press for the show. And uh, aside from being an amazingly kind individual... Uh, Christina is also just about as sharp as they come, uh, especially when it comes to you know, strategizing and operating a company that's in the public eye. She's a stud, man, and she's been uh, she's been doing the PR thing for a while now. And what she and her husband Matt have created with Pitchwire is very unique and it's very interesting. And uh, I say we sit back and uh, I let her tell you all about it. All right, this is me and Christina Honkanen. We're doing the podcast. Thanks for doing this. I'm glad Sam's here this time. Yeah. I, think, I feel too. like I feel like we should uh, we should tell people that we did this once before, but Sam wasn't here, and we felt like we had to do it with him.
1: Are you our security blanket? You know, sometimes <laughs> yeah. I mean, I have to
0: Keep my own security. You know, <laughs> keep
1: job security. I feel like you're probably a security blanket for a lot of people.
0: I can see that. Mm-hmm. Sam's yeah. like a weighted blanket for me. There you It go. feels like, he, you know, if <laughs> Sam's here, I feel like I'm getting a big hug from somewhere.
1: I get that. <laughs> yeah. I'll do what I can. <laughs> I feel the love, too. How's it going? Good. Really good. Here we are. Yeah. yeah.
0: Your husband was the first ever guest on this show.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And now here you are, the last.
1: Uh, <laughs> let's hope not. Yeah. Never. Not I adore your podcast. So no, thank it's you. not going anywhere.
0: Well, keep listening. Spread the word. I will. Get it out there. What's uh what's the pitchwire thing? What's happening with pitchwire these days? What is it? <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's a great question. Um, today we find ourselves in what I would probably best describe as two different departments: one audio and podcast production, mm-hmm. and one marketing and public relations. Now, with the caveat <laughs> that we are a young company, we're not young, but the company's young, so it does feel like we're in those early days of, like, as people like to say, pivoting, <laughs> yeah. constant pivoting, and especially with a pandemic that just we're still going through. That was a yeah. really big transition time for us. Really? Yeah. What
0: yeah. was it like before? What were you What were you doing? Because you guys started it. How many? How long ago did you start PitchWire?
1: So we started Pitchwire, I guess, technically two years ago. But on the marketing PR side, I went out on my own about five years ago, four or five years ago. Okay. So I went on on my own to start uh, marketing and public relations primarily. And then through the years, um, it evolved and the, the services evolved. Mm-hmm. And so it, it grew and grew and grew. And then when mm-hmm. Matt went out on his own, um, he was offering audio and podcast production. And then our clients on our team on the marketing side needed those services, wanted those needed services. Your
0: services. When it
1: needed Matt services. Oh, yeah. So oh, we you're started seeing like, okay, they could do podcasts, they want to do podcasts. Mm. They have an appetite for that. They need custom music. Mm. So we ultimately decided about two years ago to just merge everything. And it really was funny in hindsight cuz i'm like oh we're like a married couple who run a company that was never intended obviously i mean we made the choice to to take everything together but we weren't like we're going to run a company together so, <laughs> it yeah. was very much like in response to what our clients were needing mm. needing at the time and then we found ourselves in a situation where it just made the most sense to put everything together yeah. for efficiency for like cross pollination of ideas for our teams to work better together and closer together. Um, And then everything just lives together under that brand name. And that like breathes and works really well for our clients.
0: Are there any other companies that offer the same service kind of offering as you guys? Cause it seems like, I don't know. It seems like a, like a kind of poly facing world that kind of looks in, you know, Yeah,
1: that's a great question. I don't, No. I mean, I'm assuming that there are agencies who do marketing and PR and audio, but we also place music with like Discovery and uh, film. Like we will license music, custom produced music with Mm. Sam and other people. Mm -hmm. Um, Really great composers uh, that we work with who produce music and then we place it for TV and film and could be podcast, any kind of commercial use. Mm. And that's what Matt set out to do. Right. Um, So that arm. So I don't know. I don't I guess that's what's like. I know that there are other agencies who do both like marketing and PR and then podcast production that Mm -hmm. does like.
0: But they probably do a lot of other stuff on top of that. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And then but I don't know that I know of another company who does like audio specifically and audio placement and then merge with a rather traditional PR group you know yeah
0: what made you guys decide to start it was it that you were noticing that your clients needed what matt could do or was it matt noticing that his clients needed what you could do yeah
1: both like Uh, absolutely yeah i mean it was so he actually originally worked for um, PR agencies, marketing agencies. Yeah, he worked and at Design Sensory when at I started.
0: Design... That's how I met him.
1: Yeah. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, yeah. That's how I met him. Yeah. So he worked there and he worked for some other agencies, Tom oh, yeah. before that, and then another agency John in Chattanooga. And so he has a campaign background, campaign development, marketing background too, and BD, business development. Um, so... I guess he also at some point decided that he was going to start writing music and placing music in the commercials that were being produced. Yeah. Um, and they were nice enough and kind enough to let him do that.
0: It's probably good for them, too, to have somebody in-house that already is familiar with the account that is hungry to produce some stuff and get it out Absolutely. there. Absolutely. It's probably less expensive for them because mm-hmm. he's already there. And uh, it, it's it's a client who's familiar or it's a it's a vendor who's mm-hmm. familiar with the brand already.
1: Yep. I mean, bingo, like all of those reasons, it just was a good fit. And he was hungry. He was like very classic example of somebody who was like, I'm going to do this thing no matter what. He'd been writing music and composing music and making music for half his life and just decided I'm going to make it work into Mm. my day job. Yeah. And they were nice enough to let him do that. So that started it. And then he eventually decided to transition out and go out on his own, so to speak. Although all of those agencies are still we still work with, you know, so.
0: That's good. So, so the companies that he used to work with are now clients. Yeah, that's great. yeah. I
1: mean, same for both of us. We've been really lucky in having people who have stuck by us mm-hmm. as we've grown, um, which I think is really been key to our success and i think it is for most people those relationships are really really important and matt's fantastic at building really genuine relationships right. i always say about him that he has been like networking before he realized it was networking he's yeah. one of those classic people that are like i just don't think about it like yeah. that but that is what's happening
0: yeah i'm pretty sure he's my best friend yeah you know he's, yeah but i think sam thinks he's his best yeah. friend too so yeah I, think- I
1: hope he's my best friend too. Yeah. <laughs> i think
0: that's yeah, what it feels like yeah.
1: <laughs> yes yeah he is a um Beautiful person who does a great job with that.
0: Well, also on on both of your sides, it seems like it's it seems like a testament to how important relationships are on top of the chops. Like if everybody can do the job, it's the per, it's the relationship that really is yeah. king in that situation. Totally people agree. that you trust, yeah. people that you know are going to take care of you are more important than, you know somebody who's a who's a hotshot rock star everything. Yeah, that you would rather not work with for the first time. we we yeah. have a relationship with there's PR music, whatever.
1: Yep, absolutely. I mean, we really, you know, we waited long enough um, in our careers. We're not young. We're in our late 30s. So I mean, I guess when we went out, we were mid 30s, early 30s. But I mean, that's not young and especially in the startup world and the entrepreneur world. I right. you know most of these kids are like 20 years old out there. Yeah,
0: 24 year old CEO of a, you know, five billion dollar company is not.
1: It's very common these common. days, yeah. and which I think is great. Yeah, um, think so but too. for us, that wasn't what we did, you know, right. and, and I think it's really easy to be like, oh, we should have started sooner, which is not, not true. But at the same time, it's kind of like having a baby. Like if you had waited, if you'd had a baby earlier, it wouldn't have been the baby you got, you know? So for me, um, I don't, you know, it's so easy to say that like, yes, of course, I'd love to like buy back that time and like soak it all into a business. Because when you start, you have no idea what you're getting yourself Mm. into. I don't care who you are. You have just no idea the struggle, the wins the the energy that it's going to take um so i would never tell somebody like get as much time as you can toward that but at the same time oh my gosh like those relationships with those companies they let me do things that i never could have done um on my own so soon yeah. you know like i started my 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 career in the nonprofit world which was hugely beneficial And the um renewable energy sector and then I went into the corporate world working for um Shaw Industries which was flooring yes flooring
0: we, yeah. we worked for them
1: did you yeah okay, yeah we did a
0: shoot for one of their brands Anderson Tex. yes that they had they had acquired purchased yeah. or something like that yeah and it was kind of their millennial line it's know? a
1: wonderful line it's, it's a very high quality beautiful sorry y'all like <laughs> everybody listening is gonna be like let's geek out on flooring for a second um anderson Tuftex produces some of the best most beautiful hardwood floors yeah. in the industry it's
0: pretty cool yeah i didn't are
1: you, and carpet
0: in georgia right
1: dayton? Mm-hmm.
0: yeah dalton so, georgia Dal- or dalton yeah not dayton um where every carpet uh, company mm-hmm. in America is. Yes
1: Yeah It's the <laughs> carpet capital Of the world yeah. yeah We actually still work With Shaw Floors Through another agency Called HL Strategy Really? Yeah
0: I remember Matt Showed up with an Anderson Tough Tech's Backpack to a shoot One time I was like How do you Where'd know you Those that? guys? Yeah, yeah exactly. His dad's
1: in the Flooring industry oh, gotcha. That's how I got into it Really? Yes and, Yes
0: And you worked There as mm-hmm. On staff Yes at Shaw? I
1: worked for Shaw In the uh, Consumer facing PR Department, mm. and I did media. Rela- they let me do way more than they probably should have. They were extremely kind. Um, I was young, and they let me do influencer marketing, media relations. Like they were like they were doing so many cool things. The other thing about them is I was exposed to to agencies mm. who we were working with, and and
0: you were the client.
1: Yes, yes, that's and important like,
0: experience. It
1: is because they so we were on the what they call the brand side. I was on the brand side, working for the brand. And those agencies were amazing. I mean, literally amazing. They, they were so passionate. They were so smart. They were so savvy. And I, they were who I, I was like, I want to do that. Yeah. And they taught me a lot. Mm. Um, but yeah, we were doing some really cool things. And they also started letting me do a lot of public speaking, which was important what, at the time. Like what? Oh, just ma- like? mainly, I loved it, but I mean, I'm not good at it, but I loved it. You oh, know, like, it. <laughs> it was so fun. But I did um, a lot with the sales team. So you'd need to go them because as you can imagine, their sales department is tremendous. It's sure. nationwide. Mm-hmm. Um, so you'd need to go before the sales team or just a corporate group and talk about your marketing strategy mm. or campaigns coming up and really to sell them in because they're ultimately the ones who have to go out into the field and sell the product. Yeah. And so if marketing does their job well, they're selling to sales. Mm. Oftentimes, yeah, because you yeah, want yeah. them to know, especially with them, they're 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 B two B, so they're selling to the retailer, right? Um, and so you you want to make sure that they they're your customer facing outlet.
0: Yeah, an extension of you, because yes. you don't get the customers they do. That's right. Yeah, that's
1: right. And so if you do your job well, you are actually selling to the salesperson, and yeah. that in that you know uh, capacity. Gotcha. Yeah.
0: So all this kind of comes together. All of your guys' different experiences that are in a lot of different worlds came together to start Pitchwire. Yeah. And both of you guys have a lot of experience in a lot of different ways. It's pretty nuts to think about the services that you guys. Yeah.
1: And now our team, you know, our team's growing on both sides. Really? Yeah. And that's been really magical to see. And we benefit from their collective wisdom and their collective experience, which yeah. is, you know, priceless. Yeah.
0: Well, how do you grow during a pandemic
1: i don't know it's been insane
0: yeah did you though
1: (laughs) yes we doubled so we doubled um i mean across the board we doubled the team we doubled the workload
0: why how i mean so
1: for us and i always like you know we've had some like massive failures that i'm happy to talk about yeah because i'm always a i'm a big fan of what they like to say like i didn't coin this term but like fail forward yeah i'm always looking for ways to fail forward so i'm happy to talk about that but one of the things that happened for us is that we had had that first year been, been reaching out to people to, to spark new ideas around mainly audio production, like podcast production. And so there were a couple of clients who were really interested in that. We were already doing some of that work with right. clients. Like I said, like we grew because they needed it and wanted it while at the same time going, Hey, by the way, if this is something you want, you know, we could do, um, Online conferences. We can do audio production. Like this is not our wheelhouse. This is what we're good at. Yeah. Um. And then the pandemic happened, and we were actually on vacation for with another family.
0: I remember this. Yeah, he was yeah. in like Florida or something. Yeah, we like were in the that? Keys. Yeah,
1: yeah, in Almarada. Yeah, with babies, and I had a two-year-old. Not so. <laughs> actually, so yeah, so Emery's two, and so we merged everything about the time she was born. Wow. Yeah, yeah, it was nuts, and that, I mean. Yeah, When people say, like, I never would have done it if I knew how hard it was going to be, mm-hmm. I now understand that. But there's no way to know that when you start. And I'm so glad I did. Like, I would both do it again, and I'd also be, like, just warning you, you know, <laughs> let's chat. Um, so so you're
0: in Florida when the pandemic starts for, yep, with exactly. a brand-new company.
1: With a brand-new company that we were trying to grow. Yeah. Um, And we started getting calls from customers being like, what the heck are mm-hmm. we going to do? and we've been chatting about a pa- a podcast, let's do a podcast. Mm. And they were quick and we were really? with really savvy customers. Yes, all of them. All of them are really good. I mean, they don't you don't make a company successful without being smart and asking the right questions and I'm thankful that like we really do work with some really really smart people. And the minute they just know how to pivot really quickly. And a and podcast is where they went? They when went. They... Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I'll use like pump spotting was one of them um, who called and and they normally take an RV. They're just amazing. Like the founders, is amazing. Um, and I'll also bribe on Calamana's Kitchen in a minute. But they called because they were um, they normally take an RV out on the road. It's an app that they produce for mm-hmm. breastfeeding moms. And nourishing families, really, because they're expanding into that too. Um, huh. yeah. So it's an app where you can get on, and t- it helps you during that really difficult time, Is challenging it like time.
0: Yelp for safe places to breastfeed.
1: Yes. Oh <laughs> my gosh, you're so good. You must be in marketing. <laughs>
0: uh, I'm not. I'm not. But I always thought that'd be good for a clean restroom app. Yeah. Like people who want. That's a
1: really good idea. Want a clean bathroom? Clean on the restroom
0: road? app. Crap. C r a p p. Yes.
1: Yeah, yeah. We'll chat go. later. It's a
0: billion, a billion dollar idea.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Glad we talked. <laughs> I can retire in a couple of years.
0: What's the name of the company again? Pump uh, Spotting? That
1: was Pump Spotting. Okay. Yeah, yeah. That's so, a cool name
0: for a company. Yeah. I, I, my mom went to gas at first, like. Yeah. breast pump. But yeah, yeah now it makes but boob, sense.
1: Boob pump. Boob yeah. pump,
0: breast pump. Yeah. Familiar. Exactly. Yeah.
1: So for women who are on the road and yeah. need to find a clean, safe place to pump, if you um, just need support, there's mm. a lot of like, you can even talk to a lactation consultant. Wow. They're, they're fantastic. That's cool. Yeah. So being the savvy person, um, they are. Um, the founder called during that time and was like, we, we normally go out on the road on an RV called Barb. And talk to people in person, talk to women in person. We can't do that right now. Let's do, let's do a podcast. Gotcha. So you guys
0: had to figure out a a way technically to a workflow that worked and, and did you send them packets of gear and and stuff Uh, like that? Yeah, we did. We did.
1: So with different people, we do different things. With her, we did, like, we will absolutely like send in, um, this is the mic to buy. This is the gear to buy. We record it. So it sounds really nice and crisp and clear. Um, and right now we're recording and sometimes we come in person and record. That's what we did before the pandemic. And right now we're doing it all on a zoom essentially. Yeah. It's different from person to person. Sometimes some of it is still live. But. Does the
0: audio quality, uh, diminish when you do it on zoom and all that? So
1: no, well, yes and no. Yeah. I mean, but we do have software to help clean up yeah. what we capture. Yeah.
0: What you capture. Yeah. So it all goes through a mix.
1: Mm-hmm. All of it is like heavily, heavily edited. Yeah. yeah to remove you know, to make it sound really smooth and beautiful. I've
0: been nervous about doing Zooms. And fortunately, people have been, have been cool to come over and still do it. Of course, tried to do everything possible to be safe and make people comfortable at the same time. I get tested all the time for work, you know, not to say that that's a, you know, end all be all or, but, but people have been good about coming over, sitting on the other side of a piece of glass, six feet away and, and, and doing it. But a lot of, a lot of people have, um, a lot of people have taken a hit to their to their podcast because they either aren't willing to want to really zoom around. Yeah, yeah. Or the quality is not what peop- their listenership was used to before. OK. And so they 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 kind of miss that. But on the other side of that, there's also um, there's also if you listen to Mark Marin talk about it, he'll tell you that there's some really special things that have come out of the out of the Zoom I haven't thing.
1: heard. What did he say? I love him.
0: What did he say? Um the the ritual of when somebody comes over, you know, you came yes. over we talked for 10 minutes like that's yeah. all gone it's out the yeah, window totally they're tr- they're trying that. to do the they're yeah. tr- they're trying to do figure out if the camera works if if all that works and there's this just this it, it's less guarded. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't have their assistant waiting outside going like this, it's time, you know, let's go, it's time to Yeah. <laughs> so so uh, it, I think it's a, a less guarded experience. People are in a comfortable space when they're talking to you. They're not in a, a brand new space. Mm-hmm. So I think that for him was a plus yeah. is, if you, to hear him tell it
1: that's uh, interesting.
0: to the point where I think he almost pre- uh, prefers it. Yeah. yeah that's great somebody. to hear. Yeah. I think
1: a lot of things have changed. It's good to hear that that's one of them because it just allows people to reach more people easier.
0: Exactly. Yeah. The it, Now, you know, you can. You know, you don't have to wait till the next time. I don't know. Tim Allen is in town from L.A. and wants to come over and sit down. He's in his bonus room, Mm -hmm. you know?
1: Yeah. In a really comfortable space. Yeah. Yeah,
0: You can get anybody. So you watch the names on some people's podcasts. that that they're going they're And, you know, the star factor of the people that are on their podcasts are going up because it's not not that hard to get a hold of them anymore, to get an hour from them anymore, Mm -hmm. especially if they're actors or whatever, not working as much. Makes pretty good sense. So when you guys started the pandemic happens, it's almost a blessing for you guys because yeah. people are starting to look toward podcasting as a way to reach their yep. reach their so captive audience now.
1: Exactly. So it was podcasting and it was like any type of audio production. So if you needed a commercial, if you needed um, some sort of like online component of conferences, we were able to produce those too. So, I mean, for us, it was helpful. Now we were small, right? So it's a little bit different for us, but... Um, yeah, for us, it's been wonderful. But I will say before that, and I think Matt may have even mentioned this, but we originally set out, we had our very first big, like, giant fail, like, right out of the gate. Um, what was that? It was, we originally started Pitchwire with the idea that it would be an online platform in which you could license music directly from the site.
0: So like a music bed or like, uh, what is it? Soundstripe? Yep. Some of those subscription service. Exactly. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Subscription service or just like, yeah. So you're going to build
0: your own library.
1: Yep. Well, so we already have a library, um, and that grows and grows and grows. And now we produce for discovery and, um, other platforms, but that was where we wanted to produce something that was online accessible. Um, and that,
0: was that really the original business be. model? Yeah. Okay.
1: Yep. Um, and so we produced an entire website. It's actually our current website, but there was a component of it and it totally was built under this un- infrastructure to function as an online platform where you could buy and purchase and and create some sort of subscription service through it. Mm. And we really, really quickly realized that that just wasn't the right place for us at that time.
0: It's so, I, I don't know how they, I don't know how Soundstripe makes any money. I think yeah. I pay them $300 a year yeah. to use any music I want for any project that I work on, yeah. which is like, how do you compete in that marketplace? Right. And how are these artists getting paid too? Yep. You know, it seems like not a lot of bang for your buck. I will say some some music that I have uh, used in some, you know, f- shorts that I've done, films that I've done or whatever, I'll uh, I'll hear it on a broadcast tv spot
1: yes and i'm like okay
0: sweet they yeah. finally got paid yeah
1: <laughs> <Like> I'm,
0: I'm <laughs> <done>. <laughs> because yeah. that license is more expensive
1: is it yeah
0: depends on where where you place it yeah right.
1: that's how our model was too like yeah. you were at different levels and different uses to determine right. the price yeah um yeah. so, so what,
0: what happened to the pivot there right yeah. off the bat
1: i mean w- It was an investment, certainly, in building that out. I'm
0: sure it was exorbitantly expensive to build a website like that. Yeah,
1: I mean, it wasn't like as bad as it could have been. But we were, um, we've always been smart with where we take calculated risks, I would say. Mm. So it wasn't like we weren't willing to do that. And we still look for opportunities to invest in things. And I don't frankly mind if they fail as long as we're failing forward. You know, like we're learning from it and we're growing and there's purpose behind it. And that was a classic example of a situation in which, you know, it just became abundantly clear that that you you need to sink a lot of time and effort into that because there's a lot. The the market is really infiltrated mm. and we didn't really see a spot where the money and income was clear. Right. And so at that point, you have to make a call on whether you're going to continue to put resources into it and sink resources into it. And time is a big resource, sure. you know, not just money. Um, or are we going to look elsewhere? And, it, and Matt had discussions, um, with a couple different people and it was just like, you know, this is not, I wouldn't do it, you mm. know? Um, and yeah. It's funny. Cause like we made that call really quickly That's good. because we didn't have time. We didn't have time otherwise yeah. to continue down that path. Well, thankfully like demand was coming in on other, through other platforms. Right. And that was part of it too. We were like, well, we want to do these other things and we want to go where we know it's going to be lucrative, not just from a money standpoint, but also from a time and sensitivity and like personal standpoint. Cause we went out on our own, like I said before, at an age where it's personal. It is not just to make money. And so, if we're not doing what we want to be doing, what's the point?
0: Right. So, you, can, you had jobs.
1: Yes, exactly. <laughs> you
0: left a job. You left a good job. Exactly.
1: One. Yeah. Yeah. So, we decided to move away from that. And then, um, but I will say, like, we, we got a website out of it. They did such a great job. We're really happy. And I don't know, I'm one of those people where I'm like, no, and I'm learning this with age, and I still sort of like, backtrack sometimes. I'm a really, really big fan, especially when you go out on your own, that it's never a no and it's never a closed door. Mm. So, Matt's a little more like, we probably won't revisit that. I don't know that we will either. But I would just say like never say never because... Yeah, who knows? like our library continues to grow. We continue to work with really talented musicians who may want to be part of that. And there may be a place in a time where that library needs to reach more people and it, it could live there. I highly doubt it. But, you know, yeah. I just feel like at this point, what I've learned, if anything, is like it's just never, um, never totally over.
0: Gotcha. So that that part of it seems like it it took a turn and, and started to become something. Yeah. The music side. Yeah. But yeah. what about the side that you brought to it? Um, the PR side, it's
1: grown a lot yeah. and, you know, and it continues to grow, especially with our team. We made a decision, I guess like maybe a year ago, no, maybe it's been two years ago, but we went into digital advertising too. Mm. And that has been an area of growth for us. The tricky part is with PR marketing. I come from a media relations background, um, Along with a lot of writing, like intensive writing for, um, I'd call it probably ghost writing for like CEOs and chairmans and like whoever needs content. Um, but that's doesn't, my
0: write, doesn't know how to put it. Well, put it they normally paper.
1: know how to do it. They yeah. just may not have the time or uh, they need somebody to, um, to focus on it. Yeah. And they're close to
0: and nitpick yeah. it and make it perfect. Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
1: And then sometimes people like rewrite it and some people read it verbatim. <laughs> yeah. So it just depends on who you are and how much time you have probably, um, but that is what I would call traditional, right? We've been writing since the dawn of time. Um, and it has become through the years, of course, communications, like it's just hard not to touch things, you know, like if you, or if you come, if you have a client who wants to reach audiences and sell a thing or a service, whatever it may be, um, your job just can't stop and end with one thing, especially yeah. in the marketing world.
0: Yeah. It's tough because, because it, if you have a client that wants to do something, wants to grow, wants to spend money doing that, it's hard to say no to them. Yes. It's it's easier to grow your team with people that yep. you know
1: that you trust. That you
0: trust right. and and that are competent.
1: Yeah. Of yeah. course. Well, a lot of these people too over the years, I mean, when I started working, it was in like I said it was a nonprofit renewable energy advocacy you, and which is a great place to start, by the way, with mm. a non nonprofit because you have to do everything. You can't. You're yeah. not afforded like you are at a corporation right. to do just one thing. And so yeah. I was doing social media, um, Google Ads when it like first started. You know everything, and so for me, it's always been not that I'm an expert in every single thing, which is why we we hire and work with experts. But I'm aware of what these tools can do for a brand, and so I just I always like to think really broadly instead of one thing, one, one service, one tactic. Um, what is the strategy? What are the objectives? What are your goals? And then what are the right tactics to get there? And these days there just isn't one. It's not, you know, people are being, um, we're reaching people in so many different effective Mm -hmm. ways and you've got mail and you've got online and you've got email, um, and you've got ads and you just can't, um, everything has to work really nicely together because it builds that brand placement, and that brand awareness needs to come in a lot of different ways.
0: Yeah. I think that's, what's, what's tough for people, especially companies that are growing that need to get their brand out there. Um, they don't know how, like I see it with this podcast all the time, like I, I, I want to get it in front of more people. Yeah. And I, and I understand that that is. There's not a one. There's not one way to do that, and and depending on who your demograph, what your demographics are, there's different tactics that you have to, you know, de- deploy to get that kind of stuff done. Yep. You know, people laugh at you know direct mail uh, as as a tactic to reach customers, but for the right client base, it's it's yeah. it's. Perfect.
1: Yeah, I mean, I've been preaching that since we moved away from it. That there's a time and a place for it, right. and you better believe that when I walk to my mailbox, I've got longer between picking up my mail and walking back to my house than I do reading an email. Right. So yeah. you know, I,
0: scrolling by something with yes, your thumb. That you know. yes,
1: or like listening to a podcast. Yeah, I mean, like all of those things they take time and mm-hmm. it, when you're in the like digital mindset it's just so quick mm-hmm. um so it's not for everybody no i wouldn't like recommend every single client use a mailer but for but a lot it is a nice
0: still a viable tactic
1: yeah yeah it is
0: that's <laughs> interesting so what what else what else happened are you guys in this in this space now where you feel like things have settled out and the mission is clear and no. the purpose is <laughs> <No>. good
1: <laughs> um So I would say it's a lot more clear, Mm. but I also would say that, um, yeah, I mean, like I can clearly say these are what, this is what we do. These are our services. This is what we set out to do. Um, but I'm also aware that we're five years in and we are constantly looking for new ways as our, as the brands evolve, we will evolve too. Mm. So I don't know what that, what that holds for us. Right.
0: Right. Just keep saying yes, it seems like. Yeah.
1: As long as I feel comfortable doing it and we're having a good time, it's a yes. Now, I think we do have to be careful that we are staying true and giving ourselves time to do the things we set out to originally do. Yeah. so far, so good.
0: We run into that with Pop Fizz. It's like our clients come to us. They know they want video. They know that they need – and I'm talking about like a B2B environment. Yeah. Where they know they need something. They know they need something for YouTube or on television or whatever it is. And we're like, well, while you're doing this, can you design a logo for us? It's like – I want to say yes. I want to offer you that because we have this great working relationship. But yep. like, there reaches a point where we just kind of have to say, you know, that's there's not what people you wanna doing? Yeah. There's people out there who're better at it. Yeah. We we don't we don't want to you know we don't want to wade you know we don't want to and we also don't want to uh, create uh, any kind of uh, friction with the people that already do that that hire us. Yeah. You know what I mean? hundred. So there's that part too of, of yeah. not like. I don't know. I guess you could say like cannibalizing your client yeah. base by taking work from them.
1: Yep. Yeah. I mean, I tend to call that like playing nice in the sandbox, you yeah. know, it's like, it's really important. And the more brands you're working with, um, it becomes more important. You
0: got to yeah. know when to, when to say yeah. that's out of my wheelhouse. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, I had a, I had a, 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 a good, a good question for you. Go for it. Um, You guys both kind of cut loose of, I won't say corporate America, but, but the real, you know, sure thing jobs kind of around the same time and started yeah. the company together. That had to be scary. Mm-hmm. What kind of leap of faith was that? And like, what kind of, how do you financially set your set yourself up for that?
1: Yeah. To where you've
0: got some operating capital and, and yeah. you're not going to, and you, ha- you don't have to have business right away.
1: Yeah. Um, so we, as you all know, as I've mentioned it before, um, really i'm very very passionate about like personal finance yeah um and that moves beyond just our personal family and just a real interest in um growing uh growing awareness with women particularly because mm-hmm. it tends to be the male who manages all the money mm-hmm. um, which is house. fine <laughs> there you go good good i think it's less and less <laughs> common yeah yeah <laughs> honestly it's probably less and less common but it is an area where um I feel like women aren't always part of the conversation, Mm -hmm. um, traditionally. So, you know, to whatever extent I'm able to help with that, I, I, I like to try to, um, and it doesn't really matter if it's a woman or a man, but you know, um, so personal finance was interesting to me. I'm, I guess I, I don't know when Warren Buffett, like, when wasn't he on my radar? Like he's on everyone's radar yeah. they're in business at all, but he owns Shaw industries. I didn't know that. Yeah. It's a Berkshire company and
0: Clayton homes too, right?
1: Yep. And Clayton homes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And pilot
0: and pilot. Mm-hmm. I didn't know Yeah, about that.
1: Yeah. So, so I decided I wanted to invest some money and then saw that, um, he, I basically went to Warren Buffett. I like Google. I was so young. I was like 24 years old. I was like, what do I do? What do I invest in? And at a time, and he still says this day, invest in a mutual fund that tracks and follows the S and P 500, yeah. just holds a lot of um, different securities um, that will match it. And I did that, but then I also started investing in some separate stocks as well, which to whatever um, extent you have an appetite for, I recommend as well. Um, recognizing that you may lose that money and you just have to be ready for that, you yeah. know? Um, uh, but that's all to say that that's always been a pat. It's been a passion of mine since my early twenties. Um, and I do think that that set us up in a situation where we could afford to take a risk. Yeah. Now it doesn't mean that we didn't need the business as we, we certainly did. Right. Um, but it put us in a position where we could generally sleep well at night didn't
0: need it tomorrow yeah
1: yeah (laughs) i mean yeah like it is it's nerve-wracking no matter what um i also think it's a little bit inevitable like if you know um you know yourself you know like if you're one of those people who's going to go out on their own and start their own business you're going to do it no matter what um i do tend to recommend that you just be as frugal as possible yeah as 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 life allows you you know So,
0: makes good sense, and I think that you know, in situations like that, financial security frees you up to where you can worry about other stuff. You're not worrying about money at the time. You can worry about really growing your business.
1: Exactly. I mean, we 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 had two. Like, I look back at it, and I'm like, we did that the same year we had our second child. That was crazy. You know, mm. I'm pretty sure it was this. I think it was when we had our anyways, um, it was a very challenging time, but it was also really beautiful. You know, like yeah. we were pay, taking a risk together. I, I went out on my own first. I think that was inspiring to Matt. I think he was yeah. like more and he was doing more and more yeah. music. And so and he was, you know, that was growing on the side. Like he mm. was he's always been willing to. Um, to come home and work until midnight. And I've always given him the space to do that as he's given me the space to to do what I wanted to do. And I will say this, I wanted to start a business Mm. and I still do. I still probably will. You Mm. know, I hope I'll start many businesses in my lifetime. It's far from over. Mm. Um, but I wanted to start a business around that time. And I remember going for a run where I do all my thinking, like a lot of people do. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I could do this. I could do this. And I even like called some suppliers to talk about a a necklace for teething babies. Like all of it was (laughs) a rip off. And it just wasn't, it wasn't something I wanted. And if any, if I believe in anything is that you should believe in your product. Yeah. People say customers should come Mm 1st I would like to, (laughs) I would like to adjust that perspective a little bit. Your product is where your inspiration and your passion and your love comes from. And then serving your customers through that is where you get to keep doing it and Mm. you get to keep tweaking it and you keep, you get to keep making sure that your customer um, it's needed and it serves them. They play together nicely. um, But I'm a very big firm believer that the, the more passionate you are about your product and the more you believe in it, the more likely you are to have success. Um, Everything's a commodity until someone decides it's not, you mm. know? And this is a commodity. This is my right. diamond. It's it's a it's a rock. Yeah. Someone decided. It was yeah. special enough to be a symbol of my love. Yeah. <laughs> like, you Exactly. Know? So that I was, I could not, um, I could not come up with what I wanted to do, what I was willing to put and suck time and energy into, mm. which is a big deal for me. I have two babies, I'm a mom. Time is everything to me. Um, And I was on this run and I thought of everything and people and products and things. And I'd gone down this path and I was like, I'm not, I just don't know what it is. And it occurred to me that my product is my husband. He loved music it's not my husband as much as it is the music but he (laughs) had that drive and he had that product and i it just became abundantly clear to me that that was the right path for me at that time
0: makes good sense
1: yeah so i came home and told him this
0: (laughs) you're my product product. sir
1: (laughs) yeah um and you know it wasn't like that the the merging of the businesses would have happened no matter what but i think yeah i do i do because i think um God, just with his marketing background and my marketing background, it was kind of inevitable, but we didn't really realize that Mm. until later. But I did decide at that time that if he was willing to put his time and energy and like blood, sweat and tears into that, I would a hundred, I would, I'd always supported it, but I was more about it than ever. Mm. Because I think I saw really clearly that I wasn't coming up with the product I loved and he knew what it was and I could sell it. Mm. I could sell it. So I did. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, Um, I sold it to our customers who loved loved that ability to reach their their clientele in a new, beautiful way that told stories that um, created engaging, gorgeous music. Um, It's content that he loves and he's passionate about. So for us at that time, with limited um, resources, limited time, it checked all the boxes. Mm. So
0: You, You said you'd come back to Kalamata's kitchen. What's that?
1: Oh yes, okay. I'm so glad you said that. So Calamano's Kitchen is—I've
0: um, heard of it. Is it like a YouTube show or something? So like that?
1: well, so they do video content. Um, they are a brand that was created through the lens of a character and stories to help kids try new foods, to experiment yeah. new cultures, to adventure with food.
0: I know about this, and not from you guys. I know about really it from somewhere else. Yeah. yeah,
1: yeah. Well, they're growing, and what was I was—is it gonna, a book first? Yes, okay. it was. Two, it was books that were self-published. Uh, By Sarah Thomas and Derek Wallace. And it's just beautiful. Um, The character is gorgeous. The color is gorgeous. The mission is gorgeous. They just are doing everything right. Um, And what I was going to say about them was that just the pandemic was a really challenging time. Mm -hmm. It still is for a lot of people. And they were one who... um, signed two partnerships through that pandemic. And they're just one of those examples um, that are very inspiring. So I like to mention them. They,
0: what do you mean? They, they signed, signed
1: with Imagine Kids and Family during that time. And they started a partnership with Shabani Oh, wow. So they just didn't stop. And I was, I'm really lucky, um, to be surrounded by companies who are constantly willing to, they just don't blink. I really believe this. I, I know it was daunting and it probably didn't feel like it to them at the time because I remember talking to them, but they, they moved so quickly and you just don't have time. And they took advantage of the opportunity by going, okay, we can't do this. They were actually doing tours at the time and we were doing media relations with them um, for live tasting events for kids. So they would huh. go into a city and they would hire, um, they didn't hire them because the, the um, chefs love them so much. Um, but the chefs would come, um, and create a dish for the kids and they do a live tasting event for kids. Oh, cool. So that couldn't happen. Right. Um, but they moved really, really quickly. And those were two partnerships that came out of them thinking more broadly, mm-hmm. smarter, um, and faster. So, you know, a lot of bad things come have come. I mean, it's, Extremely sad. Everything that's, I mean, that what people have gone through over this past year. Um, But the bright lights are stories like that.
0: Yeah. What'd you guys do for them?
1: We did media relations for them. We've done, um, and we've done a little bit of video content too. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So it's a kid's book to start off with. I mean, this sounds perfect. I need, I need to get my kids to eat new food, Mm -hmm. new foods. One of them, the, the older one, she's picky now.
1: Yeah. So I love, I'm like happy to talk about them because they're so fun. But those live tasting events, um, Sarah likes to tell the story of ki- of parents coming up to her. I'm going to butcher it. It's not my story to tell. So I apologize <laughs> ahead of time um, to her. But um, parents come up to her and say like, oh, my kid won't try this, you know. And then she looks over at them and they've got like beet juice, like pouring down their face. Love and Trying new things. I mean, that's what, <clears throat> that's what beautiful products do, yeah. right? They, they help you they help people come to something or it's one of the one of the things they can do is help people come to an idea and such a unique and such a different way um, that they think about it differently, and they do that for kids.
0: So you said they they signed a partnership with uh, Chobani. Is that like they put the guy on the box? Yeah. They put the olive on the yeah. On they the... actually
1: produce God, they're so. So they smart. license the character. Um, Is that kind of how no, it works. No, not necessarily. Not that they wouldn't, but um, in this scenario, they were actually producing a guide, an adventure oh, cool. guide, where the kids would could read the guide, and it was a Chobani and Calimata's Kitchen partnership project. Oh, cool in which they could be at home and go like do these fun things like go on a scavenger hunt and they would check it off. This was basically like a work work template. They've yeah. done other things with Chavani too. That was just one of the ones that was like so specific to the pandemic and it was meeting a need, you mm-hmm. know. I mean, we talk about this all the time, but like when you put it into action, what does it look like? It looks like this. Your kids at home, you're having a difficult time, you're exhausted, you're stressed. A brand says, "Here, let me give them something to do. Yeah. You don't have to buy Love anything. It. Go into your pantry and look for these products. Yeah. You know, so.
0: That's super cool. Did you, did you feel like when the pandemic first happened that there was like this mad scramble for like, what the hell are we going to do? And we have to react to this right now because it's only going to be around a month, right? Yes. <laughs> so we got to figure it all out yeah. right now.
1: So we also do like corporate communications What's and I that? think it is more about both relationship building, risk mitigation. It's managing communications through the lens of the corporate perspective. And a lot of that has to do with risk. A lot of that has to do with um, company objectives, mm-hmm. purpose, mission, vision. Optics. Yeah, yeah. Well, sometimes, and sometimes it's um, it could be internal communication. Mm. It could be um, communication through your C-suite or your leadership. Gotcha. Um, so at the time, we had our eye on... Um, just what was going on in the news? Maybe a little bit closer than some of our clients did, um, depending on who they were, right. right? So I think a lot thought that they would get on the road back to doing what they were doing um, sooner than yeah.
0: reality. Yeah.
1: So we had a couple little like sometimes you have to let people come to things on their own. And that was just one that was a really good example of that. Like we were really close to seeing just the news happening and how how people it was just a really scary time. Um, and I think that, yeah, it was so hard to digest. No, I don't think that they thought it would be what it was.
0: Yeah. But you guys were forward thinking you were well positioned to go ahead and come up with a strategy for these guys.
1: Yes. I mean, I think like because of the the work I've done with corporations, my instinct is always to fall on the side of caution. Mm -hmm. Um, and to think holistically about the implications of something like that, that doesn't mean I could read into the future, but it was becoming abundantly clear pretty quickly that this wasn't going to go away quickly. Um, so, you know, I don't know what to say about that except that, um, yeah, it was a tough one. It really was.
0: Yeah. So what's next for you guys? I mean, you said that you're, you said that it's you're not done. You're not done growing. It sounds like you've grown a little bit.
1: Yeah. Yeah. We have, I mean, we've had a really great, past year, other than trying to survive during a pandemic. I mean, we have two babies. It's just when we own our business together. So as you can imagine, like it hasn't all been like, you know, rainbows and unicorns. Um, but that is also another reason why I'm glad that I have a partner in this, like, you know, whether or not I always say like, go into business with someone doesn't have to be your husband. (laughs) Um, but I would do that again and again and again, because it's just it's if you want to scale at all and if you want to work with more people and do better work and do reliable work, um, you have to be set up to, to balance, right? Like people need to be able to go on vacation they need to be able to, to have a life. Yeah. So the balance that that offers is, I mean, you have, uh, in my opinion, just, you have to.
0: Right. I, I don't know how you guys do it. Um, because we've talked about this. I, Sarah and I, she's my favorite person in the world. I love her more than anything in the world. I mean, two weeks into the pandemic, I thought we were going to kill each other. So I could not imagine working side by side every single day with the person that I'm married to. Does it come easy to you guys?
1: So, yeah. I mean, I don't know why it does. But I mean, well, I mean, I will say like we had challenging conversations like anybody. I wouldn't deny that. But um, he's a really empathetic, understanding person, and I try to be too. So we come to things from a place of like we're on the same team. What? How are we gonna get to to the next place? I mean, I don't know what to say about that, except that like my my kids. It's so funny because my kids, like Grayson, will say like I want to get married one day," and I'm like, "Do you? You know?" And I say <laughs> that because I'm like, I don't know that you're gonna get this lucky. Yeah, I really don't. Like I. I um, you know, um, it's not going to be this
0: good, son. No, <laughs> yeah, I mean, temper your expectations, I young out man. Out <laughs> well, but yeah, I'm really like,
1: I don't know. Um, I think he's a very special person. I don't know that it would like, for me, it would work with just anybody, yeah. but you know, it works for us. And the thing about the business is like, I've always been a believer that a marriage is a business mm. and it's not a pretty fun thing to think.
0: No, It's not. It's
1: not. But it is. I see what you're saying.
0: (laughs) It makes good sense. It has to be, has to have a good mission, has to.
1: It's 10 times harder, in my opinion, than in the, the risks are steeper and the repercussions are steeper, in my opinion, than a business is because you've got assets, you've got um, you're putting money into the same thing, and you're also responsible for making sure that other person's dreams come true, mm. and um, or they're given the chance to go after them. And that's a lot. And you've got a lot of different people needing a lot of different things. <laughs> At least with a business, you can say, "We're going to meet here, mm-hmm. and we're going to we're going to come to this space." Um, no, like uh, you know. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah.
0: The stakes are high.
1: They are. They are. People don't treat it that way. Yeah. Um, but I've always been interested in our bottom line. And Even when we had businesses, like when we were on our own and we, were, we yeah. were working at separate companies, I treated our finances that way. I treated our assets like that. And um, I don't think that was a mistake because for me, like you have to protect the magic, right? Like yeah. you, you do want magic in a marriage. You want love in a marriage. Mm-hmm. Um, but everything else around it, if you don't have it, um, that's why marriages fall apart.
0: Yeah. Um, you know, Dave Ramsey is a divisive character, but he, you know, we did the thing when we first got married. Yeah. We did the, the I Dave highly Ra- recommend
1: it. Yeah. Me too. Yeah.
0: Uh, but one thing that he said that I didn't know that would be such a good takeaway for me is that even after you have kids, your marriage is still the most, your a husband and wife's relationship is still the most important relationship in the. Family unit, mm-hmm. um, because it's what everything else is built on. If your you know relationship with your wife is going shitty, your relationship with your kids is probably going to be next. Yeah. You know, yeah, got to have that have that thing solid yes. in order to 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 build on. It makes pretty good sense. Yeah, uh, and that's not financial advice. That that was that's marriage advice marriage from advice. the man. <laughs> yeah, reliable
1: marriage advice. Yeah. And it's I mean, I definitely believe that. Yeah. Um, it how is. How do you
0: guys though split it up? Like, how do you split the how do you split yeah. the work side and the and the family home side? That sounds impossible to me.
1: Yeah, sometimes it is. Yeah. And sometimes you just say, like, I, I've asked Grayson before. He knows no different than two parents who own and run a company together. And right. I'm like, that's interesting that he's always going to have that perspective. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you do have to step away and be like, mom and dad are going to talk about this for a second. We try to not do that. Right. Right. Like our, our family time is our family time. That's true for everybody. Mm-hmm. The thing about Matt is he's um, the first of three kids. oldest of three kids I am too Mm. and for that means we're a personalities who like to lead and for us it's been a like really it's always come natural to us to um, take turns so if you care more you win if I care more I win and not about the decision like I always want his opinion Mm -hmm. but I'm going to lead out Right. And yeah. he's going to lead out on the thing he cares about mm-hmm. most. Now, knowing that I want your perspective every time mm-hmm. and I'm never going to like do something in which I think I could gain value from your perspective, which is most things. Um, so some of that comes naturally. The other thing I will say is like we will not always run business together necessarily.
0: This is a this is a phase.
1: I mean, not necessarily. Like, yes and no. You know, like right now, that works really well for us. I think when you're a young parent, you have to pick and choose wisely where you put your time. Um, but when, but when it comes to autonomy, (laughs) no, he, I hope and pray and I hope and pray for myself that we do endeavors. We take endeavors and go after projects with other people. And as he does, I mean, that's the thing about our business is like, we both have a team. They work well together. Um, But it, you know, it's an and everything and I don't do this naturally, but my my goal in life, right? Like what's gotten us over the past two years is like everything is an and it may not be now, um, but it'll be later. It'll Mm. be like one door shuts. It doesn't mean it's closed forever. Um, Same with this, you know, like you will not we will not always run just one business together. There's that's not us, you know, so hopefully he'll do other things. I may do other things. And I have no doubt that this company will keep growing.
0: So I have to ask the personal questions. Is there, yeah. is, is there, is there bleed in to,
1: our marriage? Yeah, yeah. From,
0: from uh, that's a question I yeah. have as, as you know, if I'm just trying to put myself in that position,
1: I'm trying to think of a way, like my quick answer. is. How do you is, delineate? Right. I mean, you don't, I, I think that the best way, best candid answer, transparent answer is that it doesn't always, yeah. and that's okay with us, Yeah. but that doesn't mean that we well, With the caveat that there are many times when we make when we're like this is our family time it is sacred no one nothing else can come into this sometimes that doesn't happen sometimes mistakes are made it's about forgiveness I heard one time um, pre forgive. If you can go about your life,
0: that sounds idealistic. What is this? It's not, I mean, it's it's not not
1: realistic, but if you can aim for it, that's starting from a good place. And I don't just mean with like Matt, my husband or a business partner, but also with your team members, Mm -hmm. especially, um, you know them less than your husband. You know them less than your business partner. You don't know what kind of, what life experience they're coming at their work from. And I, you know, everybody makes mistakes. I will continue to fail, but I will continue to look for ways to pre-forget. And what that means is um, you're going to make mistakes. Mm-hmm. And I have to be ready for that. Yeah. I have to be ready to not write you off because mistakes were made. Yeah, It sounds
0: like setting reasonable expectations for any yeah. kind of relationship. You're yeah. going to be let down, yes. you know, Yep. Uh, but also compassion behind that Absolutely. when it does happen.
1: Yep. That's a good way to say it. That's exactly right. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, he does that well and, and the balance um, for both of us, it's always like a very, very big goal that um, we talk well with people, even behind closed doors, mm-hmm. almost always. There are very rare exceptions to that. I'm I've never very... heard either
0: of you say a negative thing about it. Yeah.
1: I mean, I just... I would hope that I wouldn't. It doesn't mean that we don't make mistakes; mm-hmm. it does happen. But then we're always saying, like, "Hey, how can we come back to a positive place?" Because none of this is going to grow well if we're co- if we're negative, negative, negative. And yeah. we can get into that just like anybody can. Yeah. Nothing good normally comes of it, yeah. you know. And I'm also a big firm believer, like the concept of like micro expressions and just that? that people show more than they realize in their faces.
0: Really? Yes. So you can. Yes. You can read people.
1: No, I can't read people. Well, no, but, but you can read something that, like, about somebody
0: yeah. by a little, yeah. little something in their face.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think that we we want to be known as humans. Like if I was to like summarize my perspective on it, it's that I think people are bad liars. I really do. And I really think that people want to be known. Right. See, mm-hmm. I've been sitting here for an hour telling you all about myself. So, you know, I just think people want to be known and they want to be seen. And I yeah. think that, they, that we are built um, – through time to know and understand one another before we could even use language. So our faces tell far more than we realize. And if you start to think bad things, it's going to show up.
0: It's going to manifest. Yes. Yeah. 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 I am uh, the worst liar, the wor- the worst at covering me too. covering something up. Yeah. Sam's pretty bad too.
1: Horrible. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Everybody thinks they are and they are. I mean, it's, we don't, yeah. it's not a comfortable place to be.
0: No. And, and even, even with conflict with, with me, the slightest bit of conflict is like, I can't hide this. I can't hide that this is upsetting me. Right yeah. Now.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: It's tough, man. Um, philanthropy
1: yes are you doing some yeah of that? okay for, well not a lot but for the first time we were able to give last year a little bit nice yeah and we chose tennessee theater who we also do some work with um we do produce podcasts for them but we're just really firm believers in their mission and in the beautiful theater they've created and a space to have um, artists come and do with, their
0: work uh, becky becky yeah. hancock Matt and lila i love
1: lila yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: Awesome. so
1: we gave to them and we gave to um carm Knoxville Area Rescue Ministries. I had a
0: guy from CARM on the show. Did you? Ryan Whitbeck. Okay. It's it's an amazing story. So go back. back. You know I like
1: binge on your podcast and I'll go back and listen to him. Check him out.
0: I think he's in the 30s or 40s or something like that. Yeah. I think he was fantastic. I mean, that's an organization that is, that's... Doing, doing the right thing. They're yeah. they're helping people. Yeah, can't win them all, but they're they, but they come from the right place. I mean,
1: I think the world of them. I cover. I used to work for the Sentinel. I wrote for the Sentinel, and I did a story um, on a mom who was going through rehab there. Mm-hmm. So it's a personal reason why I, I support them. But I wrote the story, and um, I was there interviewing her, the mom who was. Going through rehab at the time. And then her son was there. And Mm. she told a story of like basically pawning off everything to continue her drug habit. I mean, it was one of those just, I know Mm -hmm. it was very moving. And it was very, this little kid was, you know, I know you've been out to Carm, but just to see a child there is, it's hard, you know. And they, I'm so thankful for the services they give, but it's certainly not ideal, right? Like you wanna have a kid in a home and they do what they can to make that place feel like home. so, and just homelessness in general, um, I think is a really important place to give yeah. back to. As I think a lot so of, too. Yeah.
0: I think it's easy, especially around here to get a little bit jaded with the you know, panhandling and all that kind of stuff that happens. And mm-hmm. I think a lot of people's frustration points at Karm a little bit, you know, like yeah. if we didn't have a mission so close to downtown, I've heard that too, you know, yeah. I've heard it a lot from, yeah. all, from, from a lot of people. I was on the board of the hundred block of, of gay street. And, uh, we, we you could kind of see the, the whole, uh, array of emotions that people had about, you know, dealing yeah. with homelessness and all that. But I will say that and
1: blatant, we, and I, I understand. Yeah.
0: yeah. When I, uh, Probably about ten years ago, I worked. It was Carm's, I think, twenty fifth year anniversary or something like, or twenty fifth anniversary, and uh, uh we did a, a we did a PSA for for them, and That's there cool. were it, it was cool, and there were a number of folks who told their story, the the winners, the people that, that 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 won this this battle against homelessness and mm-hmm. drug addiction was a big part of it, of course. Uh, but the stories were fascinating. And the fact that they had a place like that to, yeah. um, to support them. And like I said, their batting averages and not you know, it, it, they're not batting a thousand with that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. People relapse, people, yeah. you know, yeah. get back on the street. It, I talked to when Ryan Whitbeck was here, you know. I can't wait to
1: listen to this. Episode. Listen to it. I mean, yeah. people get all the
0: way up to the halfway house. They're almost, they're almost back. in you know, so it, sad. I know. Yeah. And, and it's gotta be, you know, it's tough. And we're lucky to have a place like that who cares so much yeah Uh, about folks and also you know the batting average thing i I mentioned they have to be there they have to be there for people when when they need it even if they can't make a difference in every single person's life that comes through the door they have to be there for people who when they need a a leg up a hand up yeah yeah
1: i mean i'll never forget um talking to department about families who at the time it was a really cold winter and when it gets cold outside they they're i mean everybody their numbers go up because there's nowhere else to turn to um but i had spoken to somebody who was like the families are are um it was a recession too at the time and this is a long time ago and that was a really tough time uh financially for people but families were actually going up into the hills and and setting up campsites and staying out there because they don't want Yeah, i don't know i don't remember where they said it was probably um but they were hiding it because once you declare that you don't have a place to live i think it just increases risk around the family unit and Hmm. and putting somebody somewhere you want to they want to stay together um so that was happening and it was just i also learned during that time that a lot of our homeless population is a result of a failed foster care system really Yes, I didn't know that. Yes. Absolutely. Foster care is
0: kind of weird, right? Like yeah. there's some, there's, there's some bad apples in that, in that group. Right? Uh,
1: absolutely. I mean, I think, uh, first of all, if you are, a, if you are a kind, loving family who is the right side of that, like I can't even imagine, like yeah. I have the most God
0: bless you. Like, yes. Yeah, thank you. <laughs>
1: yes. I mean, what that that is just like, it's amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, but what, yes. So, but a lot of it is kids moving from place to place,
0: yeah.
1: And some of it, they can act absolutely have some abusive aspect of that. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know all the ins and outs of it, but at the time there was a there was a study. This is going to date me because if anybody wants to look back at it, it'll be really dated. Mm. Um, but at the time that UT had done a study that showed that I want to say like between thirty and forty. Percent, Maybe even higher um, or a result of they came out of the foster care system really? and there's mental illness that is associated sure. with abuse. There's mental yeah. illness associated with like not having security and consistency. Um, but that, you know, I'm always interested in like, let's go back. To the root cause, mm. and I don't know enough about these topics to you know speak as eloquently as I might want. Um, but I would say that if my our philanthropy work were to go anywhere, I would hope it will deepen in that area because it's it's yeah. important.
0: It sounds like a good worthy cause, a, pl- a good place to yeah to you know if you got a little extra yeah do your well, giving
1: yeah. And I started my career in nonprofit work, and I thought I always thought um I'll end it there. Yeah. So yeah bookend it. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's my goal, you know, like that. um, Or that's been always been my vision. I don't know when that will happen, but um, not anytime soon. And and, and in the meantime, I'm thankful that we have a resource to serve those nonprofits. Sure. Yeah. Yeah.
0: You've got something where, you know, if you guys have some time, some resources to throw at it, You don't, you don't have to hit them with the invoice when it's over.
1: That's right. Yeah. Do some, do some pro bono work. I bet y'all do that. We do a lot Uh, of it. Yeah. 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 I know design sensory does too. I've been, um, on the beneficiary side of that, um, through a nonprofit called Rachel's lament Mm. and they, um, put together an entire brand ecosystem for them. It was just, uh, it is incredible what you can do, um, as a content creator for these nonprofits. Yeah,
0: Absolutely. What have we missed? We got some highlights in there. Yeah, I have a question for you. Yeah, have you seen the first cut of the peak physique kickstart video? Okay,
1: I think it's amazing. You do? Yes, y'all are so good. You're so good. I loved it. Yeah, uh, thank you so much. Well, that was really exciting. Last
0: time you were here, we uh, last time you were here, we hadn't maybe we hadn't shot it yet or we hadn't cut it yet. I forget, but yeah. but now but now it's out there. It's yeah. well, it's 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 Is it, well underway. Right? No, it's not yeah, done yeah. yet. Okay, we need some I notes saw, from like, you guys. The very first, will you give us some notes on it? Will <laughs> oh, you tell us what we should do better? I, I
1: mean, I don't have any notes, but um, <laughs> I'm sure Matt will will share his. Um, yeah, his, his thoughts. I'm, I'm sure excited
0: to get that. it out there. I want to have uh, he and Will both back on the show when you should, when, yeah. when the video comes out. Yeah, That'd that, be
1: really fun. We've been
0: working on it for almost a year. I mean, we really did start it right when right after the pandemic. It's been that long since we started. Talking about it.
1: Yeah. But once y'all started, it's like y'all are quick. You're good. Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
0: We got busy there after the first wave of the pandemic. Yeah. And we couldn't, you know, couldn't keep moving the ball down the field on that. <laughs> it was a very project. challenging time. It, yeah. It was. Yeah. Um, so I'm excited about that. And also, I didn't think about it until you were, uh, until you were uh, talking about, you know, Matt and some of the music that you guys made starting out. The music for this podcast you guys made. Did uh, he? Okay. I think yeah. I
1: remember him saying that. Um. Yeah. That's great.
0: Yeah. I so, love that. And, and, and I love the, the music. Do you? <laughs> yeah. At the end of every episode I, I say Matt Honkinen, play me out.
1: I've heard you. It's now I'm going to so, say so nice.
0: Pitchwire, play love me out. Should I, should I do that? That's
1: amazing. I think I should yes. do that because I,
0: I, I, yeah. I guess I didn't, I, I didn't realize how, uh, how much of the music side that you, you know, yeah, had a big, had a part in. It so works
1: together. Yeah. Yeah. It does. Well, thank you.
0: Yeah. Thank you. And thanks for Thanks for coming and thanks for doing this.
1: Keep doing this. I adore it. I just can't say enough good things. You know that. Thank Um, you
0: very much. It's kind of you to say. I love uh, it. Send somebody our way.
1: Oh yeah That's You know I will Every
0: guest that comes on the show Has to, has to yeah, send somebody Yeah you should else.
1: have I mean I've already thought Like Christina Horn Would okay. be really good I've got I've got other names I'm too I'm down
0: Yeah Group text it up
1: I will Introduce <laughs> us I absolutely will yeah. Thank you so much Of course thank you Yeah
0: we'll do it again In a little while When uh, when some more time has passed I We've think that'd some more be awesome See about. where
1: we head right Yeah exactly yeah. Thank you
0: Thanks Christina How'd we do That's fun, man. She's good. Thank you guys for for being here and being a part of it. I appreciate it a lot. Uh, Check us out on Patreon if you want to help out a little bit. Keep this thing moving. Keep it on the rails. We appreciate it a lot. And uh, follow us on Instagram and all that, at South of Scruffy. Do that. Send us an email, southofscruffy at gmail.com. Keep listening. Check out the videos on YouTube, too. This one's up there. So check it. That's youtube.com slash South of Scruffy. Thank you guys so much. Take care. Be good. Pitch wire. Play me out.